Welcome to Colin Dave vs. The Machine. My name is Kyle. And I'm all wet. Gross. Wet. And I'm the machine. This is a podcast where a sentient machine is forcing us each season to watch movies from a specific year in order to prevent it from starting the apocalypse. That year just so happens to be the year 2018. The machine still threatens our lives if we don't review the films it asks us to, although we do tend to talk about the ideas of the movie rather than the movie itself. And today, we're going to be watching the film, the big blockbuster superhero film, Aquaman. My father was a lighthouse keeper. My mother was a queen. But life has a way of bringing people together. He could unite our worlds one day. Check it out, Arthur is talking to the fish. They made me what I am. Permission to come aboard. I've been looking for you. Your half-brother, King Orm, is about to declare war upon the surface world. The only way to stop this war... Was this a bot? Oh yeah, it made more than a billion It dollars. is in the billion dollar club. That is right. Stupid. Mm -hmm. 2018 was a weird year. Anything with a super in front yeah. of it. I mean, it's basically guaranteed. The the internet was ready to like implode on itself in the year 2019, the year after this, of course, which is Disney had six films crossed the billion dollar mark, which is like insane for one studio to do. But it was like The Lion King, Aladdin, Endgame, Endgame. Yeah. Uh, then there's a bunch of other ones. Is like. Captain Marvel. Apparently every, Captain, oh, no, you're right, actually. Captain yeah. Marvel was the beginning of, and it made over a billion dollars. So it's like every film they released made over a billion dollars. It's like, I guess it's the end of cinema. This is what makes money nowadays. That's uh, like all things in history turned out to not be true. This is true. People stopped giving a you know shit. You made me yeah. even more happy. <laughs> I'm going to give you your, your laurels here, Dave. Your, mm -hmm, your, mm -hmm. I don't know. Kudos. Dave Young strong armed me. He slapped me across the face with this tome of a book called The Subversive History of Music. Oh, yeah, that's a good book. I haven't finished it. Oh, I've totally yeah. finished it a few days ago. Yeah, yeah. You really need to read the last chapter because talking about a Getting script there. idea we may or may not have, it's like all about it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, the whole um, th thesis of that book is basically, at least in music, everything that was like subversive or said that this is not music eventually gets co-opted by the people who by the man yeah basically by the man the people who you know make money Banded off of it essentially right? right and then say like this has always been the case this has always been yeah. part of music and it's ours it keeps yeah. every time just keeps going and going and going and does the same thing i won't say that movies have the same like intrinsic i don't know history that music has but there is a similarity i find which is like things get really really big and then something from the outside comes and swallows up and then that becomes the next big thing. And then yeah. that gets swallowed yeah. up and becomes the next big thing. You can really see it that's, in the history of film. That's just how human culture works. It's why in that other book I was reading, one of the most dangerous things that's happened in the last three years was that Supreme Court ruling in America that a song, even if it 
has the same tone. Right, yeah. Can be a copyright infringement. What the fuck is that shit, right? And they're getting caught up by themselves on that. It's not even like that set a precedent for these production companies or producers to make a heap ton of money. It's actually fucking everything up. What a dumb idea. Yeah, as soon as you copyright like Oh, did you you hum in your song? Oh, I've copyright humming. You're not allowed to hum. So you you owe me some money because your hum sounds a lot like my humming. So give me my money. This is why studios want AI. You can't copyright AI. People tune in, of course, to hear what our thoughts are on the history of music. I and mean, uh, can you do a Casey Kasem impersonation? Is that something you can throw out? Oh my God, Casey Kasem. The uh, ongoing history no. of new music. Hey, yeah, he's got the super, super old American DJ voice. Today's top 40. Yeah, that's what it was, yeah. <laughs> he has a little bit like, today's 40. top 40. I was like, he goes up like that. Anyways. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, anyway. oh, God, what oh, a stupid man. episode now this is. So, well, now it's Ryan Seacrest. Apparently, turn on the radio, yeah. and Ryan Seacrest is uh, Casey Kasem. Because uh, I was driving somewhere, and my iPod would not, con- my iPhone would not connect to my car. Oh, annoying. And on Canadian radio, I started hearing Ryan Seacrest talking about the American top well, one hundred I mean, something. What's more something. Canadian than that, Dave? <laughs> Who owns mm-hmm. our culture? I think we know the answer to that. It's Ryan Seacrest, <laughs> the guy who got famous for hosting American Idol. There is uh, half of a chapter devoted to American Idol in that book I was talking to about. Anyways, so good, um, good. people tune in, of course, to hear all that, but they also tune in to hear our deep and rich fiction that we provide each and every week. People are salivating about like what could possibly, what new it's twist gross. and turn can happen. Uh-huh. What new plot thread are they going to pull at this week? Oh, it's doozy. <laughs> a doozy. Dave, things are getting wet outside. And, uh, you know, there's a huge mass of people that have been forming and slowly coming closer to us here in this condo. Because apparently you never leave. Um, I've been asking you. I don't, actually. I've been asking yeah. you repeatedly, please, to leave, but you don't. And all these characters from our past are, are just staring at us out there. I hope they're, I hope they're eating and taking breaks and, you know, uh, keeping well. They but- have no mouths. Yeah. I think this is all going to come to a head very, very soon, but it's been kind of getting rainy and wet and that stuff out there. I'm I'm being concerned for them. Yeah. I mean, when I'm being haunted by ghouls, I'm worried about their health and uh, I I just don't want them to catch a cold, you know? They should put on a jacket, just have some hot soup, Yeah, yeah. right? You got to take care of your ghouls, Kyle. Otherwise, are you learning life's lessons? If you're not haunted, can you grow? <laughs> the eternal question that philosophers from eons ago till today have been trying to wrestle with. Oh, ghosts. Ghosts. Um, I ain't afraid of no ghosts, Dave. Okay, so. Wrong movie. We will keep our eye out on that. But this is kind of our last huge blockbuster that we're going to be talking about this season. And um, okay. I said this last week, and I do kind of mean it. Um, I'm getting very burnt out. <laughs> by these big monstrosities that we've been discussing there wasn't really Mm -hmm. this amount of them i don't think in 82 and 71 not even really in 1999 was it like this many in a row that we had to discuss that's why it was funny when we were working last year you were pitching like 82 was the end of cinema because of genre films like it's nothing compared to the end of cinema i just said it's considered like one of the best years of cinema because of genre filmmaking no 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 your tone was the inverse of that you were talking about how oh Oh, genre killed the independent blah 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 and then we reviewed them you're like you love all, every single one of these fucking movies <laughs> because they define our genre. Right. so no but this is the end of cinema i mean 
how the fuck did Aquaman make $1.5 billion? 1.1, but yeah, still. Tying this all back to what we kind of started the conversation off with is that I think 2018 and 2019, maybe, I I, I don't know, it's going to take a decade before I think anyone can do the actual history of this. But I think COVID, to an extent, kind of uh, flattened flattened the curve curve a little bit. to use that term but also i think that there's been these key i guess it depends on why you're going to the movie theater right i think there's still uh, enthusiasm we saw this with like the last guardians of the galaxy movie which still made a lot of money i think people want to go and see spectacle but i think what, what is truly being proven is that fool us once maybe even fool us twice but we won't continue to go into a series that gives us bad movies over and over and over again uh we saw that with the flash this this very summer that bombed at the box office like no one went and saw that movie no one is going to go and see blue beetle probably at the end of the summer here either the other dc project that's going on so i and this is why dc is like basically restructuring their entire philosophy the last uh, fast and furious movie didn't do very well at the north american box office at least so it seems like people like over time, it's like, yeah, we'll keep coming. But if you give us terrible movies too many times in a row, then we're going to stop coming. Yeah. Otherwise, and then you have like these anomalies, I think, like Christopher Nolan, who can make literally a three hour film with people talking in a room and people are like, I'm going to give you $300 million because <laughs> we love this movie so much. Yeah. I, and we're talking about two opposing cultural forces as far as defining what the word good is. I mean, you brought up spectacle. You texted me a couple of days about lamenting the term content. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's fascinating how much the, you know, superhero movies have become content. And when they have an exception, like I just watched Guardians 3 on the Disney Plus, and I really liked it, but you know, it's pretty well written. It's hard hitting and it's intended to have challenging dialogues, even though it's a little, it's still a little childish, right? And it's mm-hmm. messaging about animal cruelty. And I saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. on Friday. Uh, I really liked it. It's a bit inane. And I saw the trailer for Blue Beetle and I was like, nobody's going to watch no this one. thing. Which I feel bad for because like, of course we want to, we just want good movies. Yeah. They want a Latino yeah. superhero. They want to have something, but he's Iron Man in an insight, in a spider. Yeah. Iron Man, Spider-Man is one, it's just a mess. I don't know. Um, how don't you know that Blue Beetle is the name of three fictional superheroes appearing in a number of American comic books published by a variety of companies since 1939? The most recent of the companies to own rights to Blue Beetle is DC Comics, which bought the rights to the character in 1993 using the name for three distinct characters over the years. I was not the DC person growing up. I think I read because the characters aren't that a couple good. of yeah. Batman comic books, but mostly stayed with like the m- movies and the uh, animated TV show, which I love. Tried a Superman comic book once. I was like, this isn't for me. I just don't enjoy this. It's so boring. That is not. Yeah. An indication of the quality. I know some people love it. Great for them. It's just those have never been my superheroes. I can go on a pedestal of why I think Marvel is superior in storytelling, but that's for another day. It doesn't really pertain well, to what we're talking it's about because here. Because they have storytelling. Well, it is because we've been talking about fucking Marvel for like three, yeah. three months. Yeah, and just keep going. Keep no, going. I was just saying that I think that the biggest difference for me just comes down to what kind of storytelling you like most, right? The DC universe, except for Batman, is basically like gods coming in and saving the day like all of their superheroes are basically like literally gods amongst men and that again if that's your thing that's cool 
What I loved about Marvel growing up, and I still think it's true, yes, you have Thor, like I get it, they have a god there too, but the vast majority of their superheroes are real people dealing with real problems who also happen to have a superhero ability that they have to contend with. I just find that a more compelling thing to go and read and watch. Yeah, I think that's absolutely on the head. I watched this video essay on YouTube asking, uh, addressing the question like, oh, how come their Hollywood hates strong female protagonists? And this person's response was, they don't. They just have shitty writers mm -hmm. where as soon as you put in a female superhero, even in the Marvel universe, you have, maybe it's PC culture, you have an impervious goddess who is now restricted by you know, the male patriarchy and has to win a battle. That's a very DC approach, right? Mm -hmm. Like Captain Marvel's, uh, what are the examples? Captain Marvel, you can argue, Black Widow. They're all about, it's, you know, it keeps reminding me of what you said about The Incredibles and Brad Bird. And now I can't <laughs> stop seeing that trope in any movie, yeah. like any movie that comes out, not even superhero movies, where I just see this person who has the ability to win, but society won't let them until they're unleashed onto the right. world. It's like, I'm not... I can't vibe that anymore and it's really sticking out a lot because there's no uh, lesson arc, there's no suffering, there's no pathos, there's no like, I can identify with the fact that my life is difficult or whatever you want to call it. So, um, no empathy. So, I, I think that's that's the thing too. I, uh, with the exception of Batman, like I'm not an orphan, I'm not a billionaire and he does have all of these super godlike uh plot devices built into his character but what's great about him is he has to hide behind his inventions mm -hmm. <laughs> and my favorite thing about batman was uh dark knight returns because he beats superman for fuck's sake it's amazing mm -hmm. that comic book frank miller is frank miller for a reason and uh also he got his back broken like <laughs> ah, i don't know it's there's just, like there's real things you have to no. deal with i think the other thing yeah. is again uh talking about um i think audiences just getting tired whether that's like a new generation coming into films now or people like you are my age and being like you know what unless you're giving me a great reason to go to the movie theater i'm not gonna go and show up mm. because there is a uh, I'm looking at right now the top 10 grossing movies in North America this summer, right? The big story that's going out here is like, so the latest Mission Impossible, vastly underperformed. The newest Transformers movie, vastly underperformed. The new Indiana Jones movie, vastly underperformed. Even like The Little Mermaid, which is like, it's still made almost $300 million, is half of what the last live action Disney movie made. Like these things are not getting to that level anymore. And then you have like Elemental, Sound of Freedom, no matter what your thoughts are on like the behind the scenes there, Oppenheimer and Barbie. I mean, Barbie, yes, is based on a very well-known thing, but much like the Lego movie was not like a sure thing either going in. So for fairly original movies being inside that top 10, is kind of a good sign of things to come, hopefully. There's uh, an irony, maybe, that these bigger studios are being cannibalized by their own streaming services. I'll tell yes, you, you know, for me, yes. I have to make the decision not whether I want to see, let's say, Guardians 3, but whether I want to see it now or I can wait six months to see it for a service I already pay for. And so to pull me in for a theatrical experience, like, I mean, I, I'm further hampered by... You know, like uh, having a wife who's not that interested in going to theaters and a nine-year-old son who can't see half the sure. movies I want to yeah. see in the movie. And we don't have family to ship them off to so I can go and uh, fuck about at a theater. But even when you and I have gone, they've been for explicitly magnanimous films. Like we went to go see Green Knight, right. which is a fucking weird movie. And we went to go see Dune. And I think like just being a Dune nerd, I know I need to see that in an empty theater 
with a giant spring <laughs> with the my ears ringing, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, Hans Zimmerman like fucking burning my ears out. But you know, Guardians, like I knew it was going to be good, but yeah, it's long, well, and that's the thing. I mean, I'm going to see it anyways. Partly what the strike that's going on right now with writers and actors is about, yes, is better residuals for streaming services. But more than that, I think uh, we'll see people start to push for those longer times. Like right now, and this was, again, part of COVID, is that the window between when it's released in theaters to when it's on streaming has lessened to about 45 days. That's usually roughly what it is. And some are less than that. Some can be actually up to like just two weeks. So it's in theaters and then online very, very soon. Whereas before it used to be six months. Like you had to wait six months from when it was in theaters to when it could show up onto a streaming service. And I wonder if we're going to get back to that. I feel like we already are. Yeah. I mean, Guardians came out in May. So yeah, it was about three months. Yeah. Did it come out in May? Really? I thought it was early in that. They're losing too much money. Yeah. I but think, they're fighting I think, themselves. And I mean, it's a weird, weird situation. It, it, this is too big of a topic. I, I don't really want to delve too much into it, but I think that is what so many companies are discovering is that it sounds all well and good to have your own streaming service, but that requires like on mass, like you need to have a healthy number of people or it actually does not make financial sense for you to um, put yeah. all that stuff find a server that can support all that streaming that's going down, have it be stable and still have it make money. Um, like Paramount yeah. is finding that out. Uh, Max, <laughs> HBO Max is finding that out where they're just not a peacock for all the NBC stuff. Like yeah. all of those are, even though they have millions of subscribers, don't have like the tens of millions of subscribers you kind of need to have. So I can see that the streaming landscape is going to move be very different within five it's years. Turning into cable TV, yeah. Like, oh, I, it's not even do that. We, I, I think just they're just going to sell their stuff off to another streaming service, so they don't have to deal with it. They're just going to license their. There's stuff. nobody left. Like, I just logged off of Prime. Mm-hmm. Thank God, it took so long to cancel that fucking membership. When you look at their library, they own some of the best films sure. ever they have made. MGM now, actually with MGM, and they don't show them. Because they want you to go, or uh, Paramount, they've owned Paramount, and they don't want to put it on Prime. They want you to pay for an additional service. So if you want the pantheon of Jeff Bezos's private library, you got to pay like 50, 60 bucks a month. Like it adds up way too quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same, like we're really having strong talks about Disney because uh, the quality has gone down so much. And... And right now, if we we got some deal to one year free because we signed up for some credit card, when that's done, I, we're gonna have a long no, debate for sure. Because I just don't know if it's worth. I mean, I cut out most of my streaming anymore. services too, and my Disney Plus membership runs out. I think in December, and I don't think I'm going to renew it as of right now. Not that I don't like some of the stuff that's on there, but it's like that's the thing. I, right? I mean, I if I absolutely need to, I can dip in for a month and cancel it afterwards if it really comes yeah, yeah, to yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. They haven't made it. They haven't made it valuable. Netflix is an interesting one because everybody has played the swan, swan song, but they just, they know how to, maybe but just by volume, they'll have some catch-all mm-hmm. hit Well, I, every two or thing. three months, like a TV show or a K-drama, you're like, yeah, but That's the I, thing I is I think I Netflix <laughs> has the benefit of being the first. They were the first really yeah. into this whole um, genre. But just like you said, they, they have enough smart people that are working there. They have a lot of dumb people working there too, but they have a lot of smart yeah. people working there that they've actually figured out that there's certain genres. Specifically, they're like one of the best places for anime, <laughs> anime right now. Yep. Like they just have a lot of stuff on reality there. TV. Reality TV, yep. great documentaries. Like they go and swoop up like all of like the top end documentaries. 
there's so many of those I watch on there, like in the lead up to the Oscars, because like at least yeah. three out of the five of them are on Netflix and streaming there. Yeah, they're niche guys. So That's they right. figured out that, hey, if we get like eight niches, yes, that doesn't equal like a lot of people individually, but together there's yeah. enough people who are like, well, you know, it's only like $10 or only 12 bucks a month. That's and right. It's fine. I can, we may not get our Oscar, yeah. but we can give you too hot to handle. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say a little <laughs> bit of a, of, of a pitch on, on Netflix, not that they're paying us, but uh, have you watched They Cloned Tyrone? Not yet. Because uh, like, like all my other things, I need to find uh, space to watch Very it much by myself. Not a movie your son should be watching, but uh. <laughs> no. Well, I showed Helen the trailer, and she was not interested. But I'll tell you what I have been watching, and the only reason I have Disney Plus right now, frankly, is maybe the greatest show on TV, The Bear. Oh, right. The oh, Bear is be fantastic. be a bear person. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm a bear guy. Yeah. I'm a bear guy. But Helen wants Crave, and I think if we actually shut everything down- That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll see if we can budget, because you get everything back, you really. For, also get HBO that way, don't you, in Canada? You get HBO. Yeah. You get a lot of the Paramount stuff. James Bond's still on there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. But it's expensive, so. Can I tell you, this is how, you know, I am 900 years old. You know what I am watching on Disney Plus right now? That's what I like to do, Dave, now is at night. The classic Mickey. Uh-huh. At night, I like to read a chapter of whatever book I'm reading. And then okay. I, my last thing I do is I turn the dial back. I go back to an old, Steamboat old Willie. TV show and I watch uh-huh. an episode of M.A.S.H., <laughs> Come on. They have all 11 seasons and I'm, yeah, I'm going through it all. <laughs> okay, number one, number one, as cream person, I'm offended. I know. Uh, oh, number can I two. just say, sorry, to that point, <laughs> something I did not realize when I was watching it back then, <laughs> they are actually very, like, progressive for the time about, like, their, their perspectives on, mm-hmm. on certain things. But uh, all of the crew people American are played lines. by Japanese people and they speak Japanese. Yeah. It's so weird when <laughs> I know this that I'm like, wait, what? Well, I'm, in this Korean book that I'm reading, uh, there's, uh, number one, there's a lot of reasons for that. And number two, uh, uh, fuck America. Mm-hmm. But Alan Alda is pretty funny. <laughs> it's pretty funny. All right. I guess we have no choice. I've delayed it as much as I possible. I know. We've only been speaking for 30 minutes. <laughs> fuck me. Okay. So very quickly. Uh, so about MASH. You no. Know, uh, yeah. History with Aquaman. Any history with Aquaman? I never really liked the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little too Aryan for me. I'm not a huge... I don't really understand people's uh, fascination with Jason Momoa. I mean, I, you know, I get it. Like, he's got that... Uh, Flowing hair. Uh, wrestler good yeah, looks, whatever. And he's muscular, but... I don't mind I don't him. fucking care. And then, as we discussed the dc universe like they haven't made a good dc film since 1977 i will say that (laughs) yeah well this this movie was in particularly i love all the batman films sorry i shouldn't be that close-minded i will say this movie is a bit of a surprise in 2018 because this is coming off of the debacle that was the justice league Mm -hmm. Uh, and you probably you have not watched that movie right dave uh, I watched the original oh, one. You have watched yeah. your, it was fucking, fucking horrible. Yeah, it, was it was so bad. Yeah, it was so bad. Critics thought that. The fans thought that. It was so, mm-hmm. so bad. So everyone Nothing was like, well, there's sense. no way yeah. anyone that it, coming from this movie is going to go and watch an Aquaman movie. And then it makes like a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, it's just sex appeal. Honestly, that's the only reason people want to go see this because Jason Momoa is going to be naked in it. I will say. The trailers actually do a good job of making this look pretty decent. So I think there's a lot mm-hmm. of goodwill going into this. I think Jason Momoa was riding a tide. Although, I, what was he in that other than Game of Thrones where he doesn't really speak? And then he was in uh, C where he can't see oh, right, on Apple right, TV. Right, right, right. Uh, no, I, I just think, I mean, he's very charismatic. He is, yeah. Uh, and I'm 
I guarantee when he's doing press tours, he just generate that boy band vibe because so. uh, there's another, there's a couple of guys like that, but you know, anytime you say that word, it's the, what, what do you call it? Cheat day, whatever. Like all the, the women have the, mm-hmm. they talk about how there's the one oh, guy yeah, could yeah, fuck yeah. On the and list, it's fine. Right? Yeah, yeah. The list. Yeah. He was, he was trending that that couple of years. Uh, so, I mean, I, I don't know. I, we tried to watch that thing on Netflix where he's like a demon. Oh, right, he's right, fucking right. terrible in that. And then I saw the trailer for Fast and Furious yeah, and he say. looked fucking awful so, in that. So, Fast um, 10 is this, I don't know if he, this this is like the like the Schrodinger's cat thing. It's like, I don't know if he's awful or not awful. He's like both at the same time inside that movie. Yeah. Well, because, yeah, let's talk about Aquaman. Because he is... <laughs> <laughs> not in the same movie as everybody else in Fast 10. Yeah. He's also, they don't explicitly say this, but is very much playing a gay character. Well, probably well, not. I don't know about that, but yeah. he definitely is. And it's just like, the are thing. we past this type of caricature for gay people? I don't know. It just seemed really an no. odd choice inside of that movie. Well, if Vin Diesel is funding your movie, mm-hmm. then no. Mm-hmm. Although I'm still generally positive, Jason Momoa. I, I think you're right about him being on interviews and just charming and funny. I think he's able to yeah. sell himself very well that way. And he doesn't seem as self-serious as The Rock does nowadays, which I think goes a long way. Yeah, him and John Cena learned to not be a dick, mm-hmm. but The Rock still makes the most money. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. That's a whole other... Open a vodka yeah, brand, I guess. I didn't want to watch this in the theater, of course, but Helen and I watched this in covid I think this was on a stream platform, maybe on Netflix briefly, because I don't remember paying for it. Yeah. Uh, and I was very upset. And I remember, and this is why I'm talking about Jason Moe's sex appeal. Helen was actually above lukewarm on it. And we actually had this little thing where I'm like, how the fuck? Can you not hate this movie? And you know, it was all about Jason Momoa. So I'm like, I don't know. I don't I, I don't understand. This is functionally a bad movie, but one billion point one people wanted to see it. So Clearly, I'm an idiot. Um, apparently, all the seats were wet, too, after the screenings of this movie. So, <laughs> um, hey, yo. Hey, yo. Uh, I just wanted to say, Aquaman was always the butt of jokes growing up. I did not engage with yep. him. He was always made fun of. I remember the jokes on both, like, The Simpsons and Family Guy, talking about he just mm-hmm. talks to fish, so who cares about this superhero guy? They make fun of him on The Boys. Yeah. Right. I, that, I yeah. worked with uh, a, a person at Apple who this was their favorite superhero. And he's like, but if you read oh. the comic books, it, like he's amazing. <laughs> but I'm, like, I'm sure he is. I, I'm never going yeah. to do that, but I'm sure he is. <laughs> um, he has pants with uh, fish scales on them. Like we, mm-hmm. we need to move past that. It's, sure. It's not working. But, uh, it's not so working. I don't really have any affection for this character mm-hmm. really at all. Well, I think that's the other exciting thing. They, they're going to sex him yeah. up. Like we don't have the you know, dweeby, blonde-haired dude in an orange jumpsuit. We have the sexy Samoan, you know, tatted-up guy who's you know is going to be topless the whole time. So you get this feeling like this is a good reimagining. Mm-hmm. Okay, like Gal Gadot, I mean, other than being uh, Israeli, is a Wonder Woman. She's, right, mm-hmm. like tall, svelte, good-looking. I mean, she's not, uh, what's her name, Diane, whatever. But, uh, yeah. you know, that's not a big reimagining. H- Henry Cavill is is a Superman. He still looks like that's one, right. whether he's a nice guy or not. Apparently not. You know, they didn't cast Ryan Reynolds as Aquaman. No. It's, that's kind of the vibe. Ryan Gosling as uh, as Aquaman. You know? That wouldn't oh. work either. But, uh, um, and then, uh, like you, uh, the first time I watched this was during COVID. And uh, I really hated myself. So, I was like... <laughs> 
What movie should I watch tonight? I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to watch Wonder Woman 1984, which was Ooh, terrible. And then yeah. I think yeah, I was like a week after that or something like that. I was like, well, I might as well watch Aquaman. It's the only Close DC movie Close I haven't seen so far. And watch that. Uh, like Kristen Wiig. I was also, like your wife, kind of lukewarm on it. And that's like, there's huge swaths of this movie that were bad. And I still remember being bad. But every so often... James Wan, yeah. we'll talk about more in the review. James Wan has this thing where sometimes he's able to bring me back. He's able to slowly bring me back. And I'm like, okay, I'm so on board. action pieces. And then yeah. it's like, it completely gets lost again by the end where it just is not good. You know what it is? It's his action pieces are a Fast and Furious movie. Well, he also directed the seventh Fast and Furious movie. Well, that's what I mean. So he overlays that kinetic energy onto this film and it draws your attention mm -hmm. in. And then when he tries to do anything dramatic, plot-driven, mm -hmm. suspenseful, thriller, violent, like uh, horror violent, it's fucking terrible because it's derivative. Let's get on with yeah, it. Yeah, let's not uh, spend uh, 19 hours uh, in, the, in the setup. So let's get into our discussion now <laughs> about Aquaman. You do your best thinking when you're not thinking at all. That was the worst pep talk ever. I want to strap in. All right, Dave, so we should probably create a scenario here. So let's say that we, we've gone back to the beach. We're back on the beach that we visited I during the Meg in the first place. Right. So, oh, yeah. Okay. We went to a beach. But this Good. time, um, you know, you're wearing your little floaties on your, what, 12-inch biceps? How, how big are your biceps? 24-inch pythons, <laughs> right. brother. Yeah. Uh, those right. pythons have been stretched out, let me tell you that. Um, <laughs> and anyways, you have your little floaties on. You're going to go for, for a paddle in the ocean. And then as you're doing so, a, uh, a man of the rippling, like, eight-pack, that little V that, sh that goes down to their crotch. Should your eight-pack be rippling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're, no, they're, what, yeah. they're swimming, but they actually have... Aqu Aquaman on DVD, but it's wrapped in like a Ziploc bag. He's like, right. I always make sure it doesn't short. I always yeah. like swim with my favorite accessory, Aquaman on DVD. What's this movie about, though? How is it his favorite accessory? He's never he's not watched it. <laughs> he just like he just does something like it drifted up on shore, like, and I just wanted to like, see. That's if I a better scenario. It. He's like, I found this flotsam <laughs> on the beach. <laughs> so jetsam flotsam. Now it's the Hobbit. Right. Um, I used to remember what the difference between jetsam and flotsam were. There's a very technical difference, and I can't remember. I just remember the first time I read The Hobbit, I'm like, what the fuck is this word? I think flotsam <laughs> is literally stuff that is coming from like a, a shipwreck, and jetsam uh -huh. is plant material. Incorrect. You idiot. Jetsam is unwanted material or goods that have been thrown overboard from a ship and washed ashore. Flotsam is debris in the water that was not deliberately thrown overboard. 
You're the worst. Uh, yeah. What is this movie about? Well, uh, it's dumb. And uh, we've got... I mean, Look at this. It's about an aqua man. The... Um, what is this? Um, uh, the superhero Aquaman learns to... Finds his birth right now. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, is he Aquaman? Do we presume that people know who Aquaman is? He doesn't know who Aquaman uh, is. A half, a half Atlantean, half human boy... It's not even a boy. He's already a man in it. Fuck. Kyle, what is this movie about? And it's basically about, uh, what's his name? Arthur Curry, I think is his actual real name, who is the Curry? Son. His last name Curry? Curry. He is the son. I love that they made him King Arthur. That's fucking stupid. Son of a, yeah. uh, of a mortal and a person from Atlantis. And he must go and find a special trident that will make him his be Aquaman. King of oh, Atlantis. Is he not Aquaman? He is not. They he needs to get Aquaman his special scepter. Thing. I thought the scepter just made him king. It doesn't it matter. Does. It doesn't make sense. Let's move on. Uh, this movie sucked. <laughs> <laughs> well, count me the ways, Dave. What, what, what sucks the most for you? Oh, my God. Let me... Uh, I'll just do one quick anecdote. I was watching this with uh, Emerson, and we were both just groaning at how dumb it was. And then at some point, Emerson's retort was, well, it's Aquaman, bruh. And so every time I would say, oh my God, how the fuck did he, like, why is he uh, punching this guy? He's like, it's Aquaman, bruh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, why did he uh, leave this guy to die in a submarine? He's like, it's Aquaman, bruh. So the whole two and a half hour runtime, whatever the fuck this thing is, my son was reminding me that it makes sense because it's Aquaman, bruh. That's, that's, that's a review cackling. right there. That's just, that's your, very succinct. <laughs> <laughs> Zero stars. Uh, it's Aquaman, no, bro. I don't know. Where, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with story writing, the CGI, shit de-aging, like the derivative, like mishmash of cinematic styles that he plagiarizes from every fucking genre, depending on the mood. Like there's Indiana Jones sequence. There's like A24 horror movie stuff, aliens, the, like everything he did in this movie is so unoriginal. Uh, the jokes though, like there's a body odor joke when they're underwater. Do you have body odor when you're in the ocean, pal? Like, it's just so dumb. Why is Aquaman bulletproof? Was he always bulletproof? Is that a well, thing? Yeah, that's a, I don't know, that's a superhero thing. Like, all, they're all bulletproof, really, when no, it needs to be. Uh, nobody in Marvel is. Well, the Hulk is. You can shoot him and it's not going to be Yeah, but the Hulk's the Hulk, right? The Hulk's the Hulk. Thor, you can't, you can't shoot, so that's another one. Th Thor died. Sorry, Thor did die yeah. and he's been stabbed. Mm -hmm. uh very severely and if he you know like star lord almost they, they all die so here, every single one of them has died actually here's my <laughs> thing i'm Dave. pretty sure you're hitting on something that i also have a criticism of but you're criticizing uh -huh. i think the wrong element of it i don't think it's wrong <laughs> necessarily that he's bulletproof okay what i have an issue is why does he have a shield then why, why is he using a shield yeah. if he's bulletproof <laughs> like that, that makes no sense know. if you don't have to worry about bullets unless they're atlantean steel then <laughs> Who cares? Who gives a shit? Just walk in there and take yeah, him just out. Walk, do the Superman thing and just walk down the corridor, right? And mm. he makes such a big martial arts choreographed effort in that first submarine scene until he takes the bullet and you're like, oh, like he doesn't have to do anything. Right. If he's bulletproof, why is he even worried about a guy punching him? At least with Superman, you know, especially with Henry Cavill's Superman, he just kind of like stands there, right? Yeah. With his giant chest and you're like, all right. I mean, it's not fun to watch, but it makes sense. Like nothing can harm Superman, but this guy talks to fishes. <laughs> like, why does that I, make I, him? To be fair, impervious. I would talk to fishes too if I could. <laughs> I think the biggest. So I don't like this film either. I think I'm still going to rate it much higher than than you by the sounds of it. But I don't like it, and I think that the biggest complaint I have, yes, outside of bad CGI, 
some questionable acting skills from our uh, main woman in this movie. How did she get this movie other than dating Johnny, Johnny Depp? Johnny Depp got her the part. Like that is basically yeah. fact. So uh, when they were still dating. She's awful. She yeah. is actually quite bad in this movie. I do agree with you on that. <laughs> and I've seen her in another movie. I forget what it is where I thought she was fine. Like I didn't think she was great, but she was fine. But this, I think she's actively bad inside that role. This movie would be so much better if it didn't try to over-explain absolutely everything that's going on. I think the little bit of mystery would just let me accept some of the stuff that's that's happening, except they have to stop and be like, well, this is the reason why this thing is happening. And then they just go against the thing that they just explained like five minutes later. It's like, just don't explain it then. Just like have this stuff happen. My biggest pet peeve is the one when they're when he's arriving, I forget if it's Atlantis, whatever, the kingdom. They're going down to the kingdom. And Amber Heard turns to him and is like, you know, it's impossible to get over those walls. They have all these this precautions. There's literally no way you can get across these walls. Let me reiterate one yeah. more time to you. It is impossible to get across these walls. How do they escape? They just go over the wall. Like They just, they just they like, get a boop. few shots at them, but they still make it. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, I thought this was like, so no, you, could not, you couldn't do this. It was impossible to get across these walls. Why are there, why do like three characters get to be amphibious, but all the soldiers have to wear water yes. suits or they die? Like, what the they fuck was that about? They have to talk about, about? Like, the, the economic systems of this place. And then it's like, the, the biggest one is like, they have to do three flashbacks to him doing that stupid, like, twirling thing with the triangles. Yeah. Like, who, who gives, gives a, a shit? shit? <laughs> like, it's like, it's him do the twirling thing. I don't get why this is such a big deal. It's just this. If he can do, if Willem Dafoe can teach him this, why is he not using it? Right. In this battle, right? Like, he's the one who fucking taught him the super move, mm-hmm. but he's completely rendered useless by the end of this film. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The thing about it, like the thing you're hitting on, what I do enjoy about James Wan as a director, I have very much enjoyed you probably don't know this but he made his name in horror films like that's where he's coming from and he has this ridiculous track record of i think now three films that have gone on to have like extensive amounts of sequels that have made a bunch of money so he does the first saw film he does the first conjuring film and he does the first insidious film like he does all three of those all three of them have like seven sequels now at this point and like still make money for the studio so it's like I don't know anyone who's ever had that track record of like starting off three different franchises. So he has talent and I really do like those first two Conjuring movies a lot. And I will go to bat for the first Saw movie. The rest are not very good. But the first one is actually a pretty decent film. Gross. But you see that. I mean, even with the slimy mm. fish monster, I mean, that's a bit that doesn't even need to be in this film. Mm-hmm. Like the not correctly evolved fish people. And then uh, the one is just there because he wants to make a horror movie yeah. inside of this moment and that scene doesn't make any fucking sense like number one why are fish people on a boat to swim to a part of the ocean right. they can swim in the water faster than they can on a That's shitty I mean. motorboat. Like, there's these things that don't that continue just don't make sense right well we don't have enough budget for them to still be in cgi anymore so let's put them oh on. they had budget because the cgi definitely did not cost a lot of money well, well i don't know i think there was this impulse that they really must have pulled back from it's like well, like they're underwater, so we have to make them sound like they're underwater. Except after like 20 voice. seconds of that, it's like, this is the most annoying thing in the world of hearing people speak <laughs> underwater. Are there weird yeah. hair? And they kind of pull oh, back on that after that. They don't really do that anymore because it's like, this is going to sound shitty if, the enti- if we do this for the entire film. So before I continue talking about the stuff I don't like, I will go to bat. <laughs> Again, this is kind of a this James Wan thing. Like even in some of his other films that I have not enjoyed, he has this sensibility that I think it just all lines with my sense of humor where it's like 
Yeah, that's goofy and dumb, and I'm totally here for it. I'm talking, of course, about the octopus, which I still think is like the highlight of this entire movie. For fuck's sake, it's like, <laughs> it's five seconds. It's but it's, it's like less than five seconds. But I wish it's a rip. It's a Disney. I know, film. but I wish that that was the vibe of the entire movie. It's like yes, like just, that's what I want. It's like just trying to latch on goofiness some here. Uh, like, and I will say that I do. This is such like damning with faint praise. I do kind of like. The first few minutes of this with uh, Nicole Kidman and his dad falling in love, like that whole like backstory oh, but thing. But it's a trope. It's not because it's good. Well, it's I don't because know. it's an origin story. Maybe trope. I just like Nicole Kidman. Um, and what's his name? The guy who plays Boba Fett. Uh, that's who yeah. the guy is. But I think some of that stuff is is done well. I mean, I'm always down like, for Patrick why is Wilson she so too. So OP'd in this. I don't know. I don't know. I. All of it's fucking dumb, pal. There isn't a single redeemable part of the storytelling. For me, the only reason why this is better than Venom is some of the, you know, epic fight sequences are choreographed and designed well, like on a CGI scale. Mm -hmm. Like, I even the intro, the tidal wave, like at least animated yeah. excitingly. But then the solution of saving his dad with Amber Heard flying in this fucking bubble yeah, and creating yeah. a pocket of air and then using her fucking finger powers to take water out of his lungs. Fucking stupid. Like, what a stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> but why is stupid. it stupid, Dave? Ugh. Well, it's not stupid, apparently, because it's Aquaman, bro. <laughs> it's Aquaman, bro. The costume designs are fucking terrible. Oh, yeah. The origin story of his nemesis, who's a piece of shit and can't do anything anyways, yeah. with this Manta Ray guy. What the fuck was that? Doesn't that, it feel so extraneous, the whole Manta, <sighs> like, subplot in this? Like, it's fine for, like, a setup to understand his powers, fine. But, like, for that character to be brought through the entire movie makes little to no sense. When really it's about him and Patrick Wilson facing off. Like, that's what yeah. the movie's about. It's about his brother. I know that they want this moment to land because they had the dramatic music swap, but I literally burst out laughing the two times that he goes, I am Ocean Master. I'm like, okay, <laughs> great, fun for you. <laughs> the other moment that I will say, again, this maybe just aligns with my sense of humor or whatever it is, I actually do like, again, it's such a small amount of runtime. I get it. Him and Amber Heard going around that small little town, she's eating a flower, and then he like eats the flower after her, like all that oh, stuff. fuck. Whatever that dopey song is that's playing underneath it, it's a yeah. song that was popular for a while. Anyways, no. that that whole moment is fun. I actually think that the actual direction of them running across the roofs is actually really ingenious. Of them, it's Mission Impossible. Come but on, but there's some fun stuff inside like, of there. There's nothing original. Like what well, you don't need to be 100 original every single time. No, but it's a direct, almost frame by frame ripoff. Like that's a Casino Royale running on the thing and fall and Fast and Furious mm -hmm. falling through the shantytown uh, roofs. The Indiana Jones slash uh, Sahara part where they're in the desert and solving a shitty puzzle by dropping a piece of sweat on a sure. fucking 2000 year old uh, relic. Idiotic. And like all of it's just, it's just so tired. Mm -hmm. It's just a bad Bad movie. Nobody's good in it. Yeah, I, I, again, I will say it's bad. I just think that there's these few shining moments that prevent it from being like the worst of the worst for me. That is just a for me thing. Well, okay. What is this movie about, Kyle? Like well, thematically? thematically? I mean, I think it's just someone, <laughs> it's tale as old as time, Dave. It's living up to your birthright. Okay. <laughs> You're just trying to find out the real you. Oh my God. Living up to the, the purpose of your life. They did it's 20,000 leagues under the sea, is, right? Like they go into the trench and it's dinosaurs. Like This should have been a surprise Jurassic World crossover. The time with that stuff that I was mentioning before about how things are just over-explained. When Willem Dafoe was teaching the, him as a younger self to dive, he's like, 
you know, your body automatically adjusts to pressure and all that. Like, we don't care. Like, none of this matters what you're talking about. And then there's another moment. I have this written down and now I can't remember what this is in relation to. But they're getting past something and then she just turns to him and says, I have diplomatic clearance. I'm like, wait, you're a diplomat? Like, when did that happen? So anytime they explain something, I just have like 17 other questions. I'm like, okay, so like, how does this actually work then? I need to know how all of this stuff works. The other part that I like that you actually do agree with is, again, Randall Park, who is in this for 30 seconds. <laughs> Amazing. He, he comes in and is like, oh, maybe they should have centered the movie on him. He, even He's not even like the central character in his little speaking part because he's being interviewed by, by two reporters on this like CNN desk. Mm-hmm. But just hearing his voice making a commentary about this tidal wave in the end of times, you're like, oh, wait a second. There's something about this guy. I, I really want to pay attention <laughs> to him speaking. Because nobody yeah. else makes sense in this fucking thing. He's probably going to be bigger in the sequel because that's what the after credit sequence is. Is is all about him? There's an after credit there sequence. Is. I turned it off. What, what happens in it? Uh, you see Manta wake up. Okay. And yeah. there's someone fiddling at the desk, and then Manta yeah. says, "I wouldn't do that if I were you." And then Randall Park turns around. And he's like, "What?" And then his helmet goes off and burns a big laser beam through the roof. Basically, I think I forget. Manta says something that was like, "You need me to take me to him." the Aquaman, and then that's that's it. So I'm assuming that that's what the sequel is going to be about. I don't know. I'm putting my hands up. I don't actually know. But Stupid. So stupid. Is there is there a part of this that makes any human sense? I've always pushed back on that criticism to an extent because we're living in like a complete fantasy world. So how much of this needs to make like actual Well, it needs to make sense? narrative sense. Narrative, I will agree no, with you. I- but like... Yeah, look. How the world works and that kind of stuff, I don't care. Like, really at the end of the day. Wait, but. Well, here's the thing. I like Infinity War more than Endgame for one reason. Mm-hmm. Because time heists are a fucking stupid idea. And anytime you mess with the timeline, it just doesn't, nothing, it just always automatically doesn't make sense. Otherwise, like, you know, from a protection value and mm-hmm. having celebrities in it and set pieces, like, it's it's fine. But, the, you know, you need... You need the story that they write. Yeah, and I think... <laughs> to actually hit certain points, you can't just throw shit on a screen. No, I agree. And uh, There's also the problem, too, with, again, I think this is probably a bit overwritten, like too many cooks in the kitchen again. There's a bunch of writers on this movie again. There's a bunch of plot threads they bring up that they don't really ever explore. Um, I think that there was something to be done about uh, the ocean pollution that they kind of bring up at the very beginning. It's like, yeah, that's yeah. a cool thing to hang your hat on. This is on. why we're angry. Right, this is why know. they're angry. You can totally see how they're justified. Maybe they're overstepping their... I mean, this is kind of right. like the Thanos problem, they're, right? He starts off with like a, yeah. a legitimate problem and then he just goes way overboard with it. So you can kind yeah. of see them coming Let's from that angle and then don't really do anything with that after a certain point. They do not address it at all. Instead, they install a new king. Yeah. A new ocean master. <laughs> ocean master. They they keep saying how they are the most advanced advanced sorry the <laughs> most advanced species on the planet. Oh, and they don't even have televisions, and I think that that's weird, <laughs> right? They're in this huge. That's probably why they're advanced. Maybe, but they're in this just, huge yeah. stadium with Check these two out. little people fighting, and I'm like, <laughs> I'd be so pissed if I was in the back row. I wouldn't have a clue well, what have, was going uh, on. No, no, no. They have uh, fish eyes. Fish eyes have, oh, okay. uh, what is that? Like that super high fidelity uh, mm-hmm. thing. Like uh, I read this paper about it. The fish eye can like see perfectly underwater. There's something about the way they work. They have ultra clear vision. Uh, that is not the stupidest part. There's also talking about like some of the music choices that are in this 
film. Once again, I've forgotten where it happens in the movie. I just wrote it down. But there is a Roy Orbison song that plays. I feel like it's near the end. I happen to be like this huge Roy Orbison fan. I know. I know. But I just like his voice for whatever reason. You're born in Rocky Mountain House. That's fine. Um, But I did some investigation. because, like, I know that's Roy Orbison singing, but I don't really recognize this song. And so I looked it up. And it was a song that was actually released after his death, uh, like a few months, because he was going on this last record he was recording. And it was written by Bono. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Anyways, Great. Th- this has nothing to do with the movie. It's just like went down this huge rabbit hole. Like, what, Bono wrote a song for Roy YouTube. Orbison? And it's like, it's just really. Bono's fascinating. Yeah. Like, he's so. For a guy that was making like uh, anger youth mm-hmm. Irish rock to becoming also like a culture changing mm-hmm. figure, he's the original Leonardo DiCaprio. He was the, he was the guy where like Bono talks to you about the environment. You're like, I need to listen because this guy who sings really well is going to tell me how to think i will have a beautiful um, day <laughs> that's when i stopped listening to you too as soon as you started with any positivity i was like fuck this i'm yeah, out you're um, irish god damn it you know you know the other thing is uh i was just thinking about this because we're talking about jason momoa being charismatic they try to substitute plucky comedy with his charisma there isn't a comedic character instead it's just him shit talking and shit housing because he's good at well, it yeah i think uh, but it mixes up the hero message because you're like i mean he's pretty annoying actually if you look at his character he's kind of a douchebag but he pulls it off because he's funny about I it yes i mean isn't it's that not what tony stark is <laughs> yeah but by the end of the series i don't think tony stark's a good guy sure I mean, he's cast pretty negatively as that story progresses. You know, you you don't even have to choose a Tony Stark, Captain America side. The whole point is you choose Captain America because he's, you know, this American Christian ideal of doing the right all the time. And Tony Stark is always the warmonger. We just liked him more at the beginning because sarcasm was fresh. Well, I think this is definitely the movie you can tell that the Marvel influence has fully infiltrated DC. They're like, okay, we've been trying this dark and brooding thing. And this is like literally the first movie in their series, which has like color in it. (laughs) It's bright. Yeah. (laughs) That does have any type of like levity inside of it. Uh, And I'm not saying like every movie, like superhero movie has to be the same, but I think that might've also helped out with the box office where it's like, Hey, this is the fun one. You can finally come and have fun at this, this movie. Yes. Yeah. I think that's right. I, I actually feel like I feel like that's that maybe not officially a promotional tactic, but that was a vibe mm-hmm. for sure. Especially after Justice League. Uh, never mind the Zack Snyder cut, which I still haven't seen, which is just going to be it's, grosser it's and flatter, better, more violent. But it's still not yeah. good, in my opinion. He's not. He's also another overrated director who makes long-winded slow-motion films. Yeah. I'm kind of over it. But uh, yeah. weirdly enough, like as as much criticism as he gets, as far as like the content of his films literally every actor that's worked with him is like love him we work with him again so great oh fine yeah, like good for him and he, and he gets his big budgets and you know that's it's fine i'm not saying he's, a, he's an evil man i just find his movies too long-winded i tried to watch that zombie <sighs> yeah one it's just exhausting it is exhausting. I, 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 I did watch the whole thing but i was like oh man this is <laughs> this yeah. is a bit tedious cool concept though it, it literally is a bank heist but zombies are chasing you like that's basically what it is yeah the, and I feel like, you know, Watchmen, uh, the first Man of Steel, yeah. 300, like what all of them have that. They have this kernel. His cinematography is always on point. There's always this like potential. And then it's like this guy just starts over talking at a bar <laughs> and you start to yeah, fall asleep. I mean, this, is, I, this is not even just a Zack Snyder fan. This is kind of a problem that's way more prevalent. 
This is going to sound like my criticism is that long movies are bad, and that's never been my position on this. I think no, movies- Unedited movies are bad. Yeah. Having said that, there are certain genres and there are certain like plots that is like, you know what we want to do? We want to do like a bank heist, but zombies are chasing people. Oh, hey, cool. That's a neat idea. How much do you want to run this for? Two and a half hours. I'm like, no. No, 90 minutes. Like 90 minutes. <laughs> you're in and out. Like this is- 90 minutes. This, yeah. That's the type of movie we're making here. We don't need a zombie sub, like a zombie culture subplot. Mm -hmm. We don't. Like, you want zombies, you want a bank heist, have a bank heist, throw some zombies in it and fuck off because it'll be good. Yeah, you can't make this it This movie ruin. too, like Aquaman, if you're going to have some dude, you know, be half man, half fish, find a trident and beat up his brother, 90 minutes. You can do that in 90 minutes and this could be quick yeah. and painless, uh, but they got to throw in Manta, they got to throw in Amber Heard. I don't know why she's in this movie. Oh, there has to be a love interest. Um, but there's no chemistry between these two at all, but- uh, how much do you think- You can they tell they soundstage a lot of their scenes after the fact, right? Because it probably was a lot worse in the principal footage. <laughs> how much money do you think Julie Andrews got for her voice role? She better have gotten a lot because we love mm -hmm. her and it is shocking that this has to be kind of like fucky money. Like they probably like come in for a studio for an hour, read these 15 lines and we'll give you like $5 million. Because otherwise, I don't know why she would want to be a part of we'll this. Well, donate it to your charity or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Has to be. Because I kept... It's, yeah. It's one of those things. It's like uh, her, Nicole Kidman... Dialogue is shit too. It's not even no, like... it's not good. It's salvage. <laughs> uh, you were in The Sound of Music. What are you doing in this movie? Yeah. I, I haven't fed in eons and you look tasty. It's like if you haven't eaten in 2000 years a single human is not the morsel that well, makes you salivate before the main meal <laughs> there's a lot of people in this movie that's like i don't know why you're here like why you're why you're worried why did you say yes, yes to this all right let's do this here Dave. let's do some backstory quickly so this movie opened up on november 26th of 2018 currently rated 2.8 on letterboxd has a 6.8 on imdb 55 on metacritic and on Rotten Tomatoes, from 414 critics, it has a 65%. And from 25,000 plus users, it has a 72%. Available. That's very I know. high. Uh, available on DVD and Blu-ray, available to rent on both YouTube and iTunes. I'd love to delve into, you know, the different... Oh, um, I'm going to look at Metacritic. Wait, wait, is that Metacritic or a Rotten Tomatoes? For which? I just want to see how many of those positive reviews start with Jason Momoa is so hot. But it is it is interesting, like 65% on Rotten Tomatoes, 6.8 on IMDb, 2.8 on Letterboxd. So it definitely is skewing very low on Letterboxd. But again, that does skew more to like pretentious film nerds. So the general public seems to think this is okay at a 6.8, I would say. Like, I don't know. I am just, I'm just so oh, curious yeah. what the sequel is going to do. Like, is it going to make a billion dollars or are people going to be like, I actually didn't really like the first one all that much. It was fine, but I don't need to go and watch the sequel. And thing we didn't mention dc is also in this weird thing because james gunn has been hired to oversee it and he's basically scrapped all the old dc movies so i don't even know how Scorched aquaman Earth. fits into this whole idea oh is he keeping jason momoa i don't know that's the thing allegedly like they recast superman they're recasting batman again so i think i don't know oh, this is why uh blue beetle's coming out right because he's we like just we need to spent release money it. yeah yeah scorched earth i mean uh, jason i mean james gunn is starting to get this problem too where he needs a better editor like guardians 3 could have probably been under two hours but at least he knows how to make 
a story that mm-hmm. makes sense. You leave the theater and you're like, I can explain what happened in this there, movie. There's an emotional through line through the whole thing, for sure. <laughs> so the plot Anyways. description that you so bumbled with, Dave, from Eloquently. IMDb says, mm-hmm. Arthur Curry, the human-born heir to the underwater kingdom of Atlantis, goes on a quest to prevent a war between the worlds of ocean and land. I forgot about that, too. I totally forgot that they were going to invade. Mm-hmm. I just, I know that was important at the beginning, but by the end, nobody, nobody talks about it. They're fighting themselves. Like, they, that fight should have been water versus land, right. where he appears instead of two fish peoples fighting each other when the Kraken comes yeah. out. Oh, what a missed opportunity. Well, let's go back in time, Dave. We have to save the timeline. Um, okay, so it's time now to play Guess, guess, guess that, that, tag. that Tag. tag, tag. <laughs> This is the time of the show where I, Donnie Handsome Blazer, pick up a long microphone that Bob Barker used to use, and we play the Guess That Tag game. Dave, what is coming out this week? Oh, you are probably, you know, when you go to the movie theater, you see that long line of posters that's telling you the stuff that's upcoming, and, you know, it's the getting to the end of summer here now, so we're starting to see some of, the, like, the, the spooky posters start to come up for the fall movie schedule. I bet... This week, you are jonesing. You you also you don't want to go underwater. You want to stay above the water and go on a voyage. A voyage of the Demeter, I'm sure, is what you're going to be going what? and partaking in. It is a Dracula movie that is coming out this week. What? There's another Dracula movie? It is ba- I'm actually excited to go and see it. A uh, friend of, of the show, Sarah Rowe, I think might be going with me. We'll see if we can arrange it or not. But uh, it is based on a very small line that is actually in the Dracula novel. So if you read it, if you don't know, the novel Dracula is a bunch of letters that are being sent back and forth between people. Uh, the fancy word is it's an epistolatory novel. Anyways, <laughs> it is a... Uh, there's a bunch of letters, but in one letter, there's a very small thing. It's like, very strange. We have not heard from the Demeter in many in many weeks, and it was supposed to come into port, you know, etc. You find out later that that's how Dracula came across the ocean. So, anyways, it's a very small line, and they've just made a whole movie idea about that. About like, what happened that on that boat, boat when they crossed okay. over. So, it's kind of a cool concept, I think. I, I'm salivating as we speak. <laughs> is that blood? Okay, so, Dave, one of these is the true tagline. Two of these is not they're just made up by me. So, was the tagline for Aquaman, home is calling? Is it, he doesn't just talk to fish? Or is it, the ocean is vast? Oh, wow. Uh, let's go with B. He doesn't just talk doesn't, to fish. Uh, you would be incorrect. The tagline for this movie, this multi-billion dollar movie, is home is calling. Why? I don't know, Dave. This makes why? no sense to me why that's the tagline. Oh, they should have been, it should have been, he'll get you wet. <laughs> the stars, of course, Jason oh, Momoa man. as Arthur Curry slash Aquaman, Amber Heard as Mira, Willem Dafoe as Volko, Patrick Wilson as King Orm, Nicole Kidman as Atlanta, and Yage Abdul-Mateen II as Amanta. Um, anything you want to say about these actors that we haven't said? No. So cinematography is by Don Burgess. His top four from IMDb are The Conjuring 2 from 2016, Contact from 1997, Castaway from the year 2000, and Forrest Gump from 1994. Wow, this is a Zemeckis guy, yeah. apparently. Okay. Oh, Zemeckis. Okay, well, three yeah, of those sorry. are Robert Zemeckis movies, so. Yeah, sorry, I was mixing up Spielberg films, mm-hmm. but you're right. Zemeckis. Um, Zemeckis. Written 
by David Leslie Jocelyn McGoldrick. That is one person's name. Let me say that again. Oh. David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick and Will Beal. Story by Jeff Johns, James Wan, and Will Beal. Featuring characters created by Paul Norris and Mort Weisinger. Directed by James Wan. So. I just yelled. I know. I heard you from all Mm -hmm. the way over here. Um, The journey of Aquaman (laughs) to the big screen is a long and complicated one. I won't go into every nook and cranny. But we'll start in mm-hmm. 2004 when the idea of an Aquaman film got the farthest to actually being made. They hired screenwriters to get a film created for Warner Brothers. However, that eventually just kind of falls through. They couldn't get the budget they, and a whole, bunch of, a whole bunch of other things. Green Lantern fucked them up. I think yeah. partly that might have been true. Then it's 2007, a year before Iron Man created the MCU. There is this announcement of a film called justice league mortal which would have been the cinematic debut of the aquaman character this is a very infamous film that i encourage anyone to go and read up about because it's its own story they have george miller coming on as being the director however what eventually happens they get very far into this process the writer strike happens in 2007 makes the project just completely fall apart and then when things resume, uh, George Miller goes off to go and make uh, Mad Max Fury Road and uh, the, all the other people kind of like scatter to the wind. So they're kind of back to square one. Would that one. have been uh, Brandon Ruth Superman? Yeah, around that time it would have been. I don't know if he would have been in this movie, but uh, I can't remember Honestly, if that was the idea. Uh, here's my controversial opinion. I didn't mind him individually. Yeah. I just, that movie is a bit long-winded. Another long-winded movie. Kevin Spacey's in it. I mean, that's not a terrible movie. I have not revisited it since I saw it in theaters, so. Oh, I don't know if it holds up. Yeah. Now, there are more twists and turns. For a while, Leonardo DiCaprio's production company was interested in making it. I don't think he was interested in playing the part, just producing it. Finally, it's 2013. Can you imagine Leonardo DiCaprio's like Aquaman? Yeah. That would have been amazing. Yeah. So finally, it's 2013 <laughs> and Man of Steel is released. Maybe not the best of receptions, but it does make a lot of money. Warner Brothers is excited to make this their next cash cow and state plainly that they'd be making more Man of Steel films along with introducing Wonder Woman and and Aquaman movies. Then they decide to do the most bonkers thing I have ever heard, which is they commission two different writers, each writing their own original script. And at the end, they were going to choose their favorite one. That's what they do. Oh, wow. So Will Smart. Will Beal is the guy who wins this contest, and they move on to uh-huh. the next phase, which is finding a director. Uh, their first person that they ask is Peter Jackson. So Peter Jackson <laughs> uh, is approached to direct this movie, and he... And he was like, if it's not a trilogy, I am not interested. <laughs> and he says, I can't film three movies at once. No, thank you. I have to go make this 12-hour Beatles documentary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're not giving me enough time. So there were probably a lot of others that they consider, but ultimately James Wan is chosen. He'd made a name for himself in the horror genre, as we've said here before. He'd also proved his blockbuster credentials by directing Furious 7. For those of you wondering which one that is, it's the one that's on the submarine. That's the one that he directs. It's where the whole thing starts teetering. From my understanding, Will Beale's script is almost entirely rewritten, but per WGA rules, he still needs to be credited because I believe that the core plot beats 
are the same. They also need to fit this into the larger story being told through the other DCEU films, uh, specifically Justice League, which had come out the previous year. Jason Momoa is announced as Aquaman in 2014, as he'd be appearing, of course, in Justice League first. Many of the other actors would be announced as being in the film throughout 2016 and 2017. Filming gets underway in May of 2017, wrapping in October, so about five months. And uh, by the way, fun little fact, Canadian fact, is that a lot of this film was filmed in Newfoundland and Labrador, at least the stuff that's outside. Good. Gets released, makes a bunch of money, although it's not enthusiastically loved by anyone. I think a lot of people like this movie, but I don't know if I say that there's a lot of people who love this movie, just based on scores online. But we'll have to see what happens when the sequel gets released next year. If that happens, it really depends on how long this writer's strike goes on whether or not that movie even gets released in time. I was surprised to see Amber Heard's actually yeah. coming back. I thought she got uh, kicked out of it. So maybe they just cut down her mm-hmm. role. I feel like her make role an makes appearance. any sense anyways. So easy to write off. It's like easy write the off. easiest to write off. It's like she's on <laughs> ocean vacation. Like she's not here. <laughs> I mean, she can breathe the air. Maybe she's just uh, chilling out in the Alps or something. Who gives a shit? That's the other thing. This, I think, was slightly addressed. Actually, now I'm I'm double-guessing myself here. I was going to say, what bugs me a little bit is something you sort of already brought up, which is like, why do some of these people, are they able to breathe underwater and above air without doing anything? Mm -hmm. Um, At the very least, a a movie that I'm not a big fan of, which was... um, Wakanda Forever, when they introduced Namor, it seemed like most of the people had to have like those special breathing apparatuses yes. that they had to use when they came Originally up on land. God. Yeah. Yeah. So at least that's something. You're giving me something. <laughs> it's like, okay. So they're not yeah. just like coming up here and breathing air willy nilly. Or give them gills or something. I don't know. I mean, if you're an advanced civilization that has been underwater for t- two or 4,000 years, you probably have gills. Like, I get that you can propel yourself in the water without any movement. That's why I was joking with you that maybe it's maybe fart it's energy. propellant. I don't know. There's bubbles. Maybe that's why the ocean stinks. Isn't that what they have in uh, Wakanda? Don't they have gills? Yeah, they do. Right? I mean, how else are you supposed to extract oxygen from the water? At least as far as our limited understanding of biology is. It's Aquaman, bruh. <laughs> Come on. I'll get Emerson to say it and we can just record it. <laughs> yeah, just uh, insert it. Overlay it. It's Aquaman, bruh. Oh, it's just so dumb. The hair, like he texts me like, why are they animating the hair? Just, just let it go. Just let it go. I mean, if you're going to, I don't know. There's a lot of weird decisions in this. But more importantly, because we've been watching too many superhero films, like what is this movie supposed to be about? I mean, it's not, do we care that he gets a, he's not strong enough to beat his brother so he's to get a magic trident to do it? Yeah, I think this is, I think you're pointing at something that is intrinsic in a lot of my least favorite of the superhero genre, which is the whole plot hinges on, well, they have to attain this mantle that is super important uh, and they have to prove themselves to be part of this mantle. But if I don't know anything about you as a person, and I definitely don't know anything about the mantle that you're taking over, why do I care that you get it? What are you going to do with this power that's going to be so much better than what someone else is going to do? I should be given all the mantles. Like, they do some basic, like, building blocks of that, but they don't really lean into that either. Like, uh, like they try to wrap it up with the voiceover. It's like, it's because of the love between land and ocean. My mother and father that proved me to be worthy of taking up this mantle. I'm like, okay, that's turn it off. Well, fine, sure, cool. But, like, I still don't know anything about you as a person. I guess you're quippy a little bit, but who are you? Yeah, he didn't have a character flaw. 
And this is the thing I was watching on YouTube, like, because I, you know, I've been watching this other guy who talks about how to write scripts. So I think these things are on my algorithm, but yeah, he, he doesn't have any flaws and the flaws that he has is his weapon isn't strong enough. So he goes and gets a strong weapon. If, if he had come from this torn apart family and that tension they build with his mother being dead and, or presumed dead and him not fitting into those two societies, that should have been the fulcrum of any conflict and weakness on his part that he's got to find a way living with fish people, I don't fucking know, like to discover who he is. But instead, he Indiana Joneses it. They'll like jump into a desert from a plane. Yeah. Like, wh why the fuck does this happen? And then uh, solve a really shitty basic puzzle because right. they couldn't even map out a maze correctly because the people writing this are fucking stupid. No offense. Full offense, as Emerson says. And then take a... Oh, no. They do the seaside vacation to Italy, where the fuck they are. And then they steal a boat, because <laughs> fish people need to ride a boat. They get attacked by horror movie uh, CGI characters. And then they meg it. It was very meg, yeah. right? When they dive under oh, the water. That's what, Sorry, I was going to say this. There is three separate times where it's like, explosion! Like, it's just like a secret explosion happens <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> It's so weird that this is three times you use this little plot mechanic. And then they go into the trench and they 20,000 league it. He meets his mom and he's like, oh, you're alive. And then he's fine. Like, mm -hmm. But he does get cut with actual Atlantean steel. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. I, I, and just to be, you know, basic, like, how do you tattoo bulletproof yeah, skin? Yeah, I know. It's, it's weird. Shoot. What were we talking about right before that? There was something I was going to bring up here. I don't know, just how bad this is. Yeah. There's... Um, well, I guess we'll move on because I'm not going to be, I'm going to be editing this episode. I'm going to be like, you idiot. It was, you just said this thing and it's going to remind me. <laughs> We're done here. Dave, mm. I think we both don't like this movie, although you much more so than me. So I guess it's time mm. for us mm. to wrap this up. The machine just told us that we do have to wrap this up. So the let's move on to Critics' Choice. This is the part of the show where we discover what the critics thought at the time this was released. So I'm going to read from John Semley of the Globe and Mail. Oh, Canadian. His yeah, positive interpretation nice. was, in making the first DC superhero film in a long time to aspire to anything like levity, one finds a way to catalyze what might have been yet another dust-dry origin story. Does he? Or does he just tell mm. the same origin story? That, I remembered what I was going to say. Thank God. <laughs> People have been it craving likes. what they need to say. Uh, I was going to say, what this makes me appreciate more, even more so, is Mission Impossible movies. Which is, mm. yes, they rely on spectacle. Yes, they uh, rely on a lot of other things that they kind of get hand-waved away and that you have to accept. But at least the sequences make sense. Like, they lock into each other. Yeah. It's like, this leads to this, this leads to this. Like, it makes an actual narrative point. Whereas this movie and even like Fantastic Beasts, and I'm sure there's another one that we watched that was really bad. It's like, well, here's another sequence. Here's another action set piece. Here's another thing. Yeah. They never, they don't feel like they're fitting together. Yeah. Uh, I got Jake Coyle from the Associated Press. So this man could be anywhere. Mm -hmm. Well, the bright spots, Momoa, that octopus, cross that out, can be difficult to really relish. And amid the oceans of exposition and a typically pulverizing, over elaborate, screenplay dave does this mm -hmm. hold up and is it still culturally relevant no, no. uh this is uh dumb and it's bad mm -hmm. yeah yeah when we I think about don't even talk about it other than amber heard's uh court case otherwise this would be completely forgotten if she wasn't in this movie 
which is well, kind I, of sad, I completely forgot she was in this movie until I started watching it. So like, oh yeah, that's right, she's in this. I think people will remember Momoa as Aquaman for a while, but I don't, I sure. don't see this. Yes, going to test of time. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm a no and no, but uh, I think this fits into like another popular genre from many years ago, which was the western. Right, like there are so many westerns made between like the 40s yeah. and the 70s. The vast majority of which nobody remembers anymore. You remember kind of like the top end stuff. This is yeah, what yeah. I feel. About yep. this movie it's like we're gonna remember like the dark knight and we're gonna remember someone like it. iron man we're not gonna remember aquaman in 30 years from now at least i don't think no, so i hope not dave we do need to rate this film but before we do that is what dave and i thought so what do you think you can send any feedback to kyle and dave vs the machine at gmail.com you can also find us on twitter or instagram with the handle kdvstm although i should be saying on x uh, if you want oh, to see right. the entire, you're still on that. Eh? If you want to see the entire list of films we watched and the ratings we've given, you can go to our letterboxed page. That's letterboxd.com slash KDVSTM. But let's get to the rating of this movie. Dave out of shit. Forgot to have this opened up. Out of five. What are you going to give Aquaman? Uh, I'm going to give it a one and a half. Oh, I'm gonna give it a one and a half. Yeah. That's actually higher than I thought you were going to give it. Go down to a one, but uh, it is fun to make fun of it too, isn't it? <laughs> I am giving it that 0.5 Kyle bump. I am giving this a two. <laughs> uh, I don't like this movie, but there are some bright spots along the way that I do enjoy. As I keep going back to, this is not a Venom. This is not a film that I'm like so Fine. seething upset by after I watch it. Mm. I'm mostly bored. I think this is a pretty forgettable movie. And that's just a little bit different than a movie that I'm like actively hating while I'm watching. So I'm going to give it a two. However, it is going to average to 1.75. We'll rate that down to a 1.5. Dave, this only ties with one other movie. So do you think this is better or worse than Bohemian Rhapsody? Worse? Worse. Oh, yeah. I mean, at least has better music. Yeah, at least you can jive with the music. Look at those chompers from uh, <laughs> Robbie Malik. <laughs> I said fundamentally overrated yeah. and poorly constructed, but I mean, you know, it's Freddie Mercury. Yeah. You can just listen to the soundtrack. So Aquaman then is going to enter our list at the new number 24 position, right below Bohemian Rhapsody, right above Vice. Ooh, hard, and by the way, this list is pretty dire, in my opinion. <laughs> pretty, pretty dire. It's a lot of fucking duds yeah. this year. So man. let's find out what we are watching next week. I'm just going to push this button here. Okay, well, Dave, we have talked about Spider-Man. We have talked mm -hmm. about Iron Man. Last mm -hmm. week, we talked about Ant-Man. This week, yep. we discussed Aquaman. So why <laughs> about next week, we talk about the first man? We're going to watch the movie First Man. What is it's that? a biopic about, about Neil Armstrong, starring uh, Ryan Gosling, like, directed by Damien Chazelle. This was his follow-up to La La Land. Oh. This is what his movie was. I've got a picture of the movie poster, mm -hmm. and there's no way we're going to like this movie. <laughs> I have not seen it. This is actually one of the few movies this year I have not seen. Okay. So I'm kind of excited um, to put my cards on the table. Uh, I am one of those people who quite like La La Land. I hated right until the end. Babylon. I hated that movie so it's much. The Brad Pitt one with like everybody yeah. in it? Kate I was Blanchett talking about and, Damien yeah. Chazelle movies here. So the one in the okay. middle that I have not seen, we'll see. What, where where am I going to fall on that uh, love and hate scale? We okay. shall see. Okay. Everything that was a musical in La La Land was so good. And then at the end, I don't know. God. 
It does the thing that you want people to do, though. They're like, well, you're never going to be popular, so like, have fun making music, but you're never going to be good at this. Like, that's basically the message <laughs> of that movie. <laughs> It's just such a collapse or something that sets up to be so romantic and light oh my and like God. fun. You're just never happy, right? Dave. You want things to be pessimistic when they're optimistic and optimistic when, when I they're watch pessimistic. A musical, when I watch a musical, I want to have fun and like lame is. a stage. Um, that's such a <laughs> laugh riot from start to end. <laughs> it's still heroic. Yeah, sure. You know? I mean, yeah. I'm dead prostitutes, but sure. <laughs> I had to turn it off after uh, Anne Hathaway blew my socks off with her. Uh, she is the best part uh, of that dream movie. Dream, and then uh, I was like, "This is rough. Like that's a that's a tough scene." And I was like, "I don't know if I can keep going." I I didn't even see Cosette. Oh. I was like, "I'm done. I can't uh, can't move on." And you know, Eddie Redmayne is is he Marius? I don't know. I just well, well, we're not talking about that movie. We're going to talk about First Man next week. So excited to talk to you about that. Anyways, I guess uh, let's put on some rain slickers and let's go outside. Let's go talk to these people. Finally, is it that wet? Yeah, is it that wet? I don't, okay. don't want to get. Wait, I thought they were inside. Aren't they just like right in front no, of? No, us? no, they're outside the 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 condo here. They're kind of creeping in. Oh, after I completely circles. misread. I mean, we have too many windows. I think I thought they were already. Inside no. the building. They're coming from inside the building. It's Aquaman, bruh. Three with different tones. It's Aquaman, bro. <laughs> no, just a different attitude. It's Aquaman, bruh. Emerson, why is the movie so bad? It's Aquaman, bruh. What happened to this? How come he has these powers? It's Aquaman, bruh. He's Aqu- I mean, he's Aquaman, bruh. Why does everybody look like this? Because it's Aquaman.